0: If you have your Bibles with you this morning, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. We'll be looking at verses 1 through 5 this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 1 through 5. That's also 9.02 in the Pew Bible. If somebody doesn't have their Bible, they can turn the Pew Bible to 9.02. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 1 through 5. Now, as we look at this text this morning, uh, we start by just, I want to say this, that desires can lead you astray, can't they? they our desire, desires often lead us astray. Desire leads us to eat too many sweets, which is not good for the waistline or for health, right? Uh, that our desires can get us in trouble in, in different kinds of ways, you know desire can also lead us astray even in church and the way we do things and the things that we focus on in church often people enjoy they desire the sweets right they desire music music is good and it gets us going right it's uplifting and we like music that's good we like fellowship we like eating and, and so oftentimes people focus on the sweets, right? The, those things that are desirable like that. The things that, that kind of tweak our emotions or, or whatever. And, and so much so that today, especially in our consumer society, when people begin to shop for a church, right? When they begin to look around for a church, uh, you ask them, well, what are you looking for in a church? Well, The majority of the time, not all the time, but the majority of the time, what you're going to get is something like, well, uh, they're going to have to have a good music service, or or a good children's program, or a good youth program, or a good senior adult program, right? Uh, There's all of these things, and those are all good things. But often last on the list is biblical preaching. And you see, God's Word tells us that that should be a number one first on the list. And that's what we see in our text today. As we look at this text, 1 Corinthians 14, uh, Paul is addressing a similar issue, right? Because there's nothing new under the sun. Two thousand years ago, when Paul was dealing with this church at Corinth, there was this problem. The desires of the church were leading them astray. They were desiring the things that got them going emotionally. In this case, in this particular case, it was speaking in tongues. These were the spiritual gifts that they were kind of elevating to, you know, that high status within the church. Oh, if you can speak in tongues man you're up there you're a spiritual person and we can understand that because spiritual tongues I mean that's whoa what, 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 that, what did he just say? All right, well, what just happened there? it, it kind of gets our attention it, it, it's exciting and, and it can build up a person in, a, in their emotions that's why we see in charismatic church they, they focus on speaking in tongues why? because it, it kind of gets people going woo man that's awesome give me some more of that that's exciting. In Baptist churches, it's more, whoa, man, that's good music. Woo, good fellowship. That gets me going. It gets me excited. But preaching? Preaching? Paul says to the fir- the church there in Corinth, hey, you've got your priorities all out of whack. You've got your priorities all out of whack. And so today he shows us, he teaches them and us this principle, earnestly desire preaching because preaching boldly declares God's word for your edification. Earnestly desire preaching, the preaching of God's word. Because preaching boldly declares God's word for your, the church's, edification. And he goes on in this this little chapter here, or this little paragraph here, to show us three reasons to earnestly desire preaching. So today I hope that that you get a, a, grow in your appreciation for preaching. And that you might earnestly desire godly, biblical preaching. So if you found your place in 1 Corinthians, stand with me in reverence to the reading of God's holy word. Hear the word of the Lord. Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men but to God, for no one understands him. But he utters mysteries in the spirit on the other hand the one who prophesies speaks to people uh, for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation the one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself but the one who prophesies builds up the church now i want you all to speak in tongues but even more to prophesy For the one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless someone interprets so that the church may be built up. Amen. May the Lord add blessings to the reading of his holy, inspired, and inerrant word. And may he write its eternal truth on all our hearts. And you may be seated. Now as we begin this, as I've just read that, you hear that word prophesy. Now we, we covered this a while back when we were talking about spiritual gifts. When Paul's talking about prophesy in in the New Testament, often when they're talking about prophecy, uh, it's not like we think of in the Old Testament, right? Uh, So you had your Old Testament prophets, and the Old Testament prophets, they were writing the Word of God. They were declaring the holy, inspired, and narrowed Word of God, but they were writing it down as they were going. They were giving a new revelation. In the New Testament, it's the apostles, that's why scripture says that the church is built on the foundation of the prophets and the apostles it was the apostles who declared the holy inspired and air word of god and were writing it down so uh, this was a new revelation so the new testament is new revelation from the apostles but when it's talking about the the gift of prophecy in the church it's not talking about a new revelation but it's talking about that aspect of the office of the Old Testament office even that was declaring the inspired word of God. So for the New Testament church, it's not giving a new revelation, but it's declaring the revelation that we have in the completed canon, the completed scriptures, the Bible. So when we see prophesy, prophecy or prophesy in these, these verses here, he's talking about preaching proclaiming the word of god as it as we have it today not talking about new revelation so if somebody says i've got a new revelation from god no you don't i don't care about a new revelation i just need his old revelation what he's already given to us you know that's what uh, john smith and others uh, they gave a new revelation to the mormon church and led them astray we're not interested in a new revelation. We don't need a new revelation. God has given us all the revelation we need. He, his word. From beginning, Genesis, to the end, revelation, when tr- Christ returns, we've got it all before us. We need nothing more. So he's talking about the preaching of God's word. Now, we see here in this first verse, pursue love, tying in to last week's message, right? The whole chapter, chapter 13. Paul talked about the the better way, the more excellent way. Love, love must motivate. It must be our primary motivation in all that we do, even as we practice our spiritual gifts. Love is to be the motivating factor there. Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. Now, this term here, earnestly desire, what does that mean? The term that Paul uses here means to be positively and intensely interested in something positively and intensely intensely interested in something so what does that look like psalms chapter 42 verse 1 david says as a deer pants for flowing streams so my soul pants for you oh god david says i earnestly desire god Right? He's panting after God. He earnestly desires God. And so we should pant for the preaching of God's Word, not in the same sense that we pant for God, but because it's through the preaching and teaching of God's Word that we get more God. Right? It's the way that we get more God that we understand who God is. It's His revelation. It reveals God to us. And so we should earnestly desire the preaching of God's word so that we can get more God so Paul calls us to earnestly desire the spiritual gifts especially that you may prophesy or especially that that there may be preaching now this is not clear here for us in the English especially that you may prophesy some people have taken this to say well that everybody right you individually could preach you could prophesy you could preach but that's not what Paul's saying here not at all if he were saying that then he would contradict what he said back in chapter 12 right that that uh back in chapter 12 he talked about that there was a, a varieties of gifts varieties of, of uh activities varieties of service but one god right that that empowers them all in everyone Chapter 12 verse 12 for just as the body is one and has many members and all the members of the body though many are one so it is with Christ going on down to verse 14 for the body does not consist of one member right but of many if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. So the whole point of chapter 12 was that there's not just one gift, right? Not, not every person doesn't have the same gift, but we all have different gifts. Different gifts are manifested in different ways within the body. So Paul can't be saying, man, I, I wish you all could prophesy. You, you should all pursue preaching. what's he talking about here he's talking to the church that you there is a second person plural pronoun he's not saying you garrison should prophesy he's saying y'all right y'all the church not that individually you should prophesy but that would be preaching in the church You should desire that there be preaching, the preaching and teaching of God's word in the church, that you would have that available to you. You should earnestly desire to sit under biblical preaching. That's what Paul's saying in this this verse. We should earnestly desire the preaching, the biblical preaching of God's word. So well, then he goes on to explain this why we should. He gives us reasons, three reasons, why we should desire preaching, why each and every one of us here should desire godly biblical preaching. He says earnestly desire preaching because preaching is the bold declaration and application of God's word. Preaching is the bold declaration and application of God's word. And that's trapped up in that that word there prophesy right we we talked about that when he's talking about prophesying preaching he's not talking about giving a good speech he's talking about bold proclamation of god's word in other words when a man stands before you to preach it's as though he is saying or he is saying not as though he is saying thus saith the lord Thus saith the Lord. I'm not here to give you my thoughts on the world condition. I'm not here to do that. What benefit would that be to you? I'm not here to give you my opinion. I'm not here to to, to give you good advice. What good would that be to you? As a preacher of God, I am here to proclaim to you thus saith the Lord that means for a preacher to preach there must be a Bible a a chapter and a verse a chapter and a verse like when I stand before you right the first thing that comes out of my mouth typically is you have your Bibles with you this morning turn to chapter and verse and constantly throughout my sermon I'm going to say now look at t- look at verse 2 look at verse 3 look what it says in verse 4 pay attention to what it says in 5 right because I'm pointing you back to the book because that's what matters it doesn't matter what I think it matters what God says and I got to put my uh, thoughts and my opinions the best I can I, I know they're you know I'm human right but I, the best I can I, I got to put all that stuff aside And do my best to show you what God says because you need what God says and so if a preacher stands before you ever stands before you and and doesn't give you a chapter and verse and and his message doesn't come from that chapter and verse close your ears his message is useless when we go on vacation we we typically, especially you know, if we go on vacation and it takes us away from the church on a Sunday, we, we try to find some place to go and worship. We want to do that. We don't, we want to worship on the Lord's day. And so, uh, I can remember one year we were off on vacation and and we were at a place that we really didn't know anybody. If we if we're in a town where one of our favorite preachers are, right, somebody that we listen to, we try to go to their church because that's a good, you know, it's an interesting experience. But sometimes we just have to. All right, let's look, get out the phone book. Where are the churches? What's close to us? And, and we just find a church, and we pick it, and we go, and we, we, we see what's, what's going on, right? One year, we were vacationing, and, and there was a church just right, right down the road from us. And so, hey, well, let's just go there. Let's, let's try that one. Uh, and so we, we went in, and man, great, great music service, right? It was exciting, good, wonderful music service. But then when he got the preaching, it wasn't really preaching. He, he gave a chapter and verse. He, he read a scripture at the beginning of the service. But then it wasn't long. I finally, I just closed my book, because, my Bible, because he wasn't going back to the, the bu- that verse. He wasn't preaching that verse. He used that verse to kind of be as an excuse to say what he wanted to say and and i was kind of very disappointed but then we got out of service and i thank god a little bit because gabby and anna y'all some of y'all know anna she's like our little second daughter but uh goes on vacations with us gabby and anna they said man the the music was good but that preacher man he, he didn't he didn't preach the bible yes y'all get it y'all get it because that's important it's important we don't need a motivational speech i mean we can go to youtube and see lots of motivational speakers you don't need a motivational speaker you need god you need to know what god says about your life and how you should live it you need god so, preaching, we should desire preaching because preaching is the declaration of God's word. We also desire preaching because preaching is the application of God's word. It's not just the declaration of God's word, it's the application of God's word. In other words, the sermon should say, Thus saith the Lord to you. To you. What does this, this text mean to you? How does it apply now and in this time in the world's history? What does it mean for you? There must be an application. If, if, if I were just to get, stand up here and say, well, here's this text and here's what Paul is doing and Paul did this and Paul said that and, and this was Paul and this was the Corinth's response and this was what was happening then. If I left it there, that would be maybe would be a great lecture, but that would not be a sermon a sermon has to apply you have to be able to, to get something out of it well what does this mean for me today so what preacher what why 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 should i care what what paul was telling the corinthians back two thousand years ago there has to be an application you've got to know how it affects you right now in this lifetime there must be an application so preaching is the bold declaration and application of god's word to a contemporary context you know psalm 19 119 33 through 34 should be our prayer and that section of scripture there david david says this teach me O lord the way of your statutes and i will keep it to the end Give me understanding that I may keep your law and observe it with my whole heart. Lead me in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. Incline my heart to your testimonies and not to selfish gain. Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and give me life in your ways. Confirm to me, Confirm to your servant your promise that you may be feared. Turn away the approach that I dread, for your rules are good. Behold, I long for your precepts, and your righteousness give me life. Dear friend, earnestly desire preaching, because preaching boldly declares and applies God's word to your life. Second, we should earnestly desire preaching because preaching benefits others. Preaching benefits others. Moving on there, verse 2. Notice what he says there. For one who speaks in tongues speaks not to men, but to God. For, For no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the Spirit. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. Now, the problem with tongues, at least in the way that the the Corinthians were using them or abusing them, that we're going to see next week or so, was their selfish and self-centered nature. That's that's what Paul is getting at. Verse 2, again, he says for the one who speaks in tongues speaks not to men but to god for no one understands him but the others mysteries in the spirit when, when they were there in church in worship service and, and people began to speak in tongues right nobody understood what they're saying so so they're just talking up in the air and the only one who could possibly understand them was god that was not for the benefit of other people that was it was just going up into the air He he confirms that again in verse verse four the one who speaks in a tongue builds himself up right it's self-building there's a self-centeredness there when, when you're just speaking in tongues and and no one understands what you're saying that that's that builds up self but it's not for other people but preaching on the other hand benefits others the one who prophesies the one who preaches speaks to people it's for the benefit of other people not for the one who's speaking but the one but those who are here and listen it benefits other people in three ways Paul lists here preaching edifies preaching edifies now the word here in the ESV it builds up that's the way ESV puts it few other translations puts it builds up Uh, nasb king james new king james they use that word edify edify or edification Uh, niv i believe uses strengthens all the same kind of word here what paul means this this word means the act of bringing something closer to fullness or completion so you think about building a house think about building a house so we see some of these these shows on tv today where you know they go in and they build a house in a week i'm gonna tell you i don't want to live in that house I, I don't want that house because if you build a house in a week there's some mistakes made you're not li- you're not worried about precision you're just kind of throwing things in there right the the concrete doesn't have time to cure or anything i mean it, it's not going to be a very good house a house takes time to build weeks months to build because you got to be precise you got to things together just right Uh, well that's the way the christian life is and it takes more than a few months it it takes years it takes a lifetime to to build a person up in the lord and we don't become to complete maturity we know until christ returns and we see him and and when we see him then we'll be made perfect but in this life we're constantly looking to be built up to grow in the lord be made more like jesus And preaching is for your building up. Little by little, little by little, as you sit under the preaching of God's word, you are built up to be more like Jesus. It edifies you. It builds you up in the Lord. So preaching edifies. Second, preaching encourages. Preaching encourages. Now, this word here, it means the act of emboldening another in belief and course of action. The act of emboldening, um, emboldening another in belief or course of action. So becoming more bold in your faith. More strong and secure in your faith. More strong to, to carry out your, your actions, right? To, to live the Christian life that's what preaching does now have you ever been ever gone through that time where you're struggling with something maybe it's a temptation maybe it's a struggling with a decision what should I do I, I know I should probably do this but I want to do this you're kind of struggling with that you're, you're struggling with something in life and then you come to church on Sunday and oh, man preachers spoke directly to that have, have you ever had that experience man i have right I, i'm struggling with something and i hear a sermon i know what i need to do right that that message strengthened me it emboldened me it encouraged me in my walk with the lord and that's what preaching does and there's power in the preaching of god's word it emboldens us it encourages us in our walk with Christ. So preaching edifies and encourages, but preaching also consoles. Preaching also consoles. Con- consolation means that which uh, serves to encourage one who is depressed or in grief. Man, nothing consoles the heart of sorrow like the word of hope. First Thessalonians chapter 4 13, Paul in encouraging people of the church who have lost loved ones he says but we do not want you to be uninformed brothers about those who are asleep those who have died right those who have gone on to be with the lord that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope and we preach the hope of jesus christ in christ we have salvation in christ we have eternal salvation we don't live for this life Man, this world is hell for a Christian, right? It's as closest to hell as we're going to get. This world, with all of its miseries, it is the closest to hell that we're ever going to get because Christ died for us. He gave his life for us. He was raised again, assuring our eternal life in him. We have hope in Christ. No matter what gets us down in life, whether it be sickness viruses whether it be politics whether it be death whatever gets us down in this life we don't mourn like everybody else in the world mourns we have no need to sink to the levels of depression that everybody else in the world sinks to because we have hope in jesus christ preaching gives consolation Dear Christian, earnestly desire preaching because preaching benefits you and it benefits your neighbor. It builds us all up in our walk with the Lord. So earnestly desire preaching because preaching is the bold declaration of God's word. Preaching benefits others and earnestly desire preaching because preaching benefits the church. It benefits the body of Christ now look here in verses four and five we got a little little things here that are kind of confusing for us that we kind of say huh verse four the one who speaks in tongues builds up himself but the one who prophesies builds up the church that's what's on paul's heart the building up of the church now i want you all to speak in tongues hmm. but even more to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless someone interprets so that the church may be built up. Paul is concerned here about the church being edified, being built up in their relationship with the Lord. He talks about a few things here. He says, "I, I want you all to speak in tongues. Now, what in the world is he talking about? Well, obviously, Paul here is speaking in a hypothetical sense. After what we already know of chapter 12, not everybody can speak in tongues. Not everybody can prophesy, because he can't be saying that. Well, there are a couple of options that we can take this to, uh, or understand the ways that we can understand this. First, Paul could be speaking sarcastically. Man, I wish you all could speak in tongues, right? Just be better off if you all could speak in tongues. Why? Well, you know, if everybody has a Rolls Royce, a Rolls Royce is no big deal, right? Well, if everybody just spoke in tongues, then y'all wouldn't be worried about you, right? You wouldn't be boasting in your ability to speak in tongues, because everybody can do it. He could be saying that. There could be some sincerity in Paul's thought. Realizing that speaking in tongues was primarily a missional gift, as we're going to see in the next couple of weeks. It's a, it was a missional gift. It was a way for, for the gospel to cross language barriers in that first century church. So he could be saying, you know what, man, I wish that everybody could speak in tongues. That way the gospel has more ways to go out, has more avenues to advance. We don't know which way Paul is really getting at here. It's hard to tell from the language here, but he is clear on this. But uh, prophesying would be much better. Why? Because prophesying, preaching, it benefits the church. It builds up the church, and and that's what should be our concern as a part of the body of Christ. Out of love, our focus, our goal should not be to serve ourselves. It should be to serve others. So what Paul is getting at here in these two verses is, one, we should be crucifying selfishness. We should be crucifying selfishness. You're looking to build yourself up. You're looking to boast about what you can do. You're, you're, you're turning to selfish. You're being selfish. You're not being loving. You're being selfish. Stop it. Stop it. And you've got to crucify selfishness. You've got to crucify selfishness. And instead of, of seeking selfishness, and instead of looking at things in a selfish way, seek to benefit the church seek to benefit the body of believers with all of your spiritual gifts with everything that you do you know we have and when we go to our, our connections class our new members class we go through the book i am a church member and one of the the characteristics one of the attitudes of a healthy church member is uh states i will not let church be about me and my desires i will not let church be about me and my desires it's saying no to the world's concept of church we're not a consumer church i'm not here to get my meter filled or whatever right it's not about me it's about others christ came not to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many we're to learn from that we're not to come here to serve self we're here to serve others now maybe you you come to those times and you come and you come in here and you the the word is preached and maybe i'm going through a a series on marriage right and and you got some singles here some who are just singles some who are 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 widowed you know you're not married anymore you like, wow it's just nothing really for me man i wish he'd get on out of this and get on to something else something that would pertain to me all right or maybe go back about a year ago teaching about sexual immorality and man that was uncomfortable that was uncomfortable for me Uh, we had some uncomfortable conversations and and, and, you know some people like i'm not dealing with that struggle and and this is uncomfortable i wish he'd get on something else but, you know, the fact of the matter is there are those who are suffering from those type of thing. They're dealing with those temptations, right? They're, they're struggling with the temptation towards pornography. They're struggling in their marriages. They're struggling with things. And you may not be struggling with that, but, but they are. And so every message is not going to necessarily directly apply to you. Now, every sermon, I hope, will direct, you know, apply to you in some way. Because even if you're not dealing with sexual temptations, you're dealing with temptation of some sorts, and the same kind of, uh, uh, of actions that we take to guard ourselves against sexual temptation, we can apply to other temptations as well. It's the same kind of disciplines. And so hopefully you, you get something out of every message, but you know, every message may not be tailored specifically to you. It it may be dealing with something that maybe you're not dealing with, but somebody else here is. That's the way God's Word word is, right? It it, it covers everything. And that's why we preach line by line, verse by verse, because it's going to touch every issue that every person in here is dealing with somehow, some way. And so you you might hear, man, I wish uh, this message is not to me. I wish you would get on, but... Maybe what you should be saying is, Lord, I know somebody here is dealing with that. That's a big issue today. Sexual immorality is a big issue today. Pornography, that's a big struggle today. Obviously, it's a big struggle. Statistics show us <laughs> it's a big struggle. So Lord, I know there's people who are struggling with that temptation. Lord, I just pray that you'd give them give them strength today. You would encourage them in their walk and, and you would give them ways to, to, to build up their faith to resist that temptation. Lord, be with them. Give them strength. You know, you you should be praying for those. Lord, there's somebody here struggling in their marriage, right? They're they're struggling in their marriage. And and this message has to be for them. And, Lord, just strengthen them. Instead of saying, I wish you would get on to something that I would be concerned about, Lord, somebody here needs this message. Help them. Help them. And, Lord, if I can be of, of, of service to them and encourage them, Lord, bring them to me. Let me encourage them We should crucify selfishness and seek to benefit others. And that's what preaching does. Preaching is for the whole body. It's for the whole church. So that the church and every individual member of the church may be built up in Christ. As a church, we should earnestly desire preaching preaching must be our priority in worship when we come in here to worship preaching is the priority yeah we we sing and that's good and great and wonderful and 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 we want to lift our voices up and sing praises to god but that's not the priority priority is hearing from god it's the preaching of the word we make it a priority because preaching builds up the whole body of believers so dear friend earnestly desire preaching earnestly desire preaching now as a church we earnestly desire preaching and, and we make that that's our number one core value our number one core value is biblical pre, pre uh, excuse me biblical teaching we believe the holy S- scripture is God's authoritative revelation and must be taught in such a way that the lost might come to know Christ and Christians might grow in their relationship with him by submitting themselves to his authority. As a church, we proclaim corporately, we believe in the preaching of God's word and we're going to make the preaching and teaching of God's word a priority in our fellowship. Amen. Praise God individually individually you should earnestly desire preaching and the way you earnestly desire preaching individually is by first of all preparing for preaching prepare for preaching get a good night's rest all right don't don't let saturday night be the night to lay up and watch movies all night but but get plenty of rest so that you're rested and alert when it comes to the time of preaching Pray, right? Pray before you come here. You should be praying. I mean, like I'm praying, Lord. Lord, help me to preach, right? Help me to to deliver this message faithfully and truthfully. Let the congregation hear it, Lord. Let them receive it, Lord. Let them open their hearts to it. So I'm praying for you. But you should also be praying for me, praying that God would use me and speak through me, that I might be faithful to his word, be praying for yourself lord help me to receive what you have today praying for other people lord to help the church to receive what is preached today pray and also by uh, the way i preach you, you can easily prepare by reading ahead right so next week you know i'm going to uh, 1 first corinthians chapter 14 verse 6 we're, we're moving right along in the text so you can you can read ahead Right? You, you can read ahead, and you can be like read up before you get here on, on what I'm going to be preaching on the next next Sunday. So you can prepare for preaching. Second, participate in preaching. Participate in preaching. Now, I don't mean just say amen when I hit a good point, right? That, that's not what I'm talking about. I mean, lovely. If you do, that's great. If you, you want to say amen, I'm all for it, all right? Say amen. But uh, amen. Amen. There you go. But that's not primarily what I'm talking about. Participate in preaching by one, bringing your Bible, right? Bring your Bible, bring it with you to church. Open it up. When I say open to this chapter and verse, you open it up to that chapter and verse. When I'm through reading that chapter and verse, don't just close it and set it down because you know I'm going to be saying, hey, look at this, look at that, right? Leave your Bible open. Read along with me. Look at it. Follow the text as I'm working through the text. And take notes. You can take notes. I even provide you the little lip slip there, right? You, you fill in the blank and take notes along the side, whatever you need to do. But you can take notes to, to kind of help you retain some of it. So participate in the preaching. And then third, practice what's preached. Practice what's preached. You know, the Word of God does little good if we just hear it preached and then we walk out of here unchanged. If you want to grow in the Lord, if you want to truly be edified in the preaching of God's Word, you've got to apply that Word to your life. Not just say, oh yeah, Richard gave us this application, but okay, yeah, now I'm going to take steps to make this a part of my life. Practice what is preached. Preaching has the power to change lives. It has the power to change your life. And that change begins, of course, as we all know, with understanding and receiving the gospel of Jesus Christ. Understanding who Jesus is, the very Son of God, That he came and lived and died for us and gave himself for us. Was dead, died on the cross, was dead, buried, and raised again. Giving us eternal hope of salvation. Preaching has little effect on those who are lost, those who do not know Christ. But preaching is powerful, life-changing as the power of God goes out and and changes the hearts of people. And if you've never trusted in Jesus, if you've never surrendered your life to him, you'll never know the power of his Word in your life. Let me just encourage you today, trust in Jesus, turn to Christ, experience his power, as His Spirit, as His Holy Spirit changes your life. Trust in Jesus today. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank You for the Word that You have given us. Lord, You have revealed Yourself through Your written Word. And Lord, week by week, You allow us to come to this this place and join together in corporate worship, worship, and to, to see your word, to hear your word preached. We thank you, Lord, for the gift of preaching. We thank you, Lord, for your word that has the power to change our lives. And Lord, we thank you for the word that became flesh, Jesus Christ, for Jesus is the full revelation of you. Lord, certainly there are those who are either here in this place or who are joining us online who have never trusted in Jesus, never fully seen Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would touch their hearts today so that they may surrender to Christ and come to know Him as Lord and Savior. Lord, may they know the hope That only Jesus can bring. This I pray in Christ's name. Amen.